Mm. No, you don't want me messing around in your mouth. I can tell you that much. Hi. Welcome to Montreal Sauce, a podcast to break you out of the algorithmic. Algorithmic? How do you say that? (laughs) Algorithmic. There you go. Yeah, we're breaking you out of that bubble. (laughs) As we talk to uh, creators, makers, and friends who teach us their secrets. My name is Chris, and I cry at movies. My sensitive (laughs) friend and co-host who is crying right now is Paul. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Uh, Our guest this evening, he's won the 2015 Space Prize Award for his webcomic Clattertron.com. He's also received an Extra Life Award for fundraising last year. He's a published writer, artist, animator, comedian, podcaster, and part of our Film Frown podcast repertoire of cast of reviewers, I would say. I'm like Um, smiling so hard right now. Thank you for for all that. (laughs) He's also our very first guest on the show, and he's here to give us an update. Uh, Welcome, Daniel J. Hogan. What's up, guys? How's it going? (laughs) <laughs> it's going well, Mr. I heard you on the, uh, is it what the second brain collective podcast, uh, referring to the fact that why you have to have the J in your name. Yep. It's, uh, <clears throat> when you have a fairly common name, like I do, which it's one of those things I didn't realize how common my name was till, uh, Facebook kind of took off. So, uh, uh, as I say, the J is my uh, Google search engine required middle initial to uh, help people tell the difference between <laughs> the one that makes comic strips and the dentist in Brooklyn, New York or whatever. <laughs> wow. We all have I, our Google twin. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to like switch places one day. That'd be fun. Mm. No, you don't want me messing around in your mouth. I can tell you that much. <laughs> It's like a Mr. Bean episode. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see what a dentist finds humorous. Um, so, yeah, uh, last time I actually talked to you, I think might have been in person. Yeah, I was just wondering that myself. Um, and that was, uh, I think you guys were still in the market, but you settled into the house in August. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, we... Uh, Closed on it in May and officially moved in in August because we had to run out our lease at the apartment. So it was one of those things where it was uh, cheaper to write out the lease than it was to break it. So and uh, it gave us time to pack stuff up and get the house ready and all that. So it worked out in the long run. How is uh, homeowner life? Well, it's as I tell people, you learn a lot of stuff because um for example, six months ago, I didn't know a roof rake existed, and uh, <laughs> now I own one and have used it several times this winter. So it's just it's an ongoing educational experience. Oh yeah, I bet even like the people who like live here in Edmonton might not even know what that is because we have such like a fine like dry snow here. Like mm. we yeah yeah I was. Uh, getting some nasty ice dams on our our gutters in the front. So after doing some uh, uh, internet research, I found out that I needed to get a roof rake to get all that snow out of those trouble areas before it had a chance to pile up and et cetera. So it's uh, one Amazon order later, I have a (laughs) 20-foot long aluminum steel made in America roof rake. 
Yep, we had one of those when I was a kid. I, I do remember it. Or it might have been my grandfather's, but we borrowed it before and it was it was always interesting. It was like there's no like secret tech technology. It's just like, oh, you can't reach yet, add another pole. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And as I like to tell people, it's a hell of a workout because you use muscles you didn't even know you had because you're balancing a you know, a long uh pole and yep. uh you, you know, and it's a weird angle and all that sort of stuff. So Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you you moved. I remember like it was kind of weird cuz my sister was looking at the same time and you guys are somewhere in similar area now. It's crazy. Cause she's like on Dunbar or something like that. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So what, um, homeownership, yeah, you, you learn a lot, that's for sure. Um, but what's the, I feel like when I had a house and I wasn't, uh, in this, uh, old pensioner condo life of mine, um, <laughs> I feel like there was always that one thing like on the back of my mind, like, uh, what, uh, do you have one of those like, oh, is the water heater going to go or the roof? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the house was built 1940, 41. So it's old. And uh, the mechanicals are not as modern as we would have liked. But it's as you've probably known, you know, when you go through looking for houses, you kind of decide what you want to live with, you know. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, I did have a guy come out. And look at the furnace. I know this is exciting for everyone who tuned in to listen to me talk about <laughs> making comics, but uh, um, I had a guy come check out the furnace back in uh, October and he's like, yeah, I'll get you through this winter for sure, but you should probably start saving up for a new one. And uh, so we're, we're always thinking of that and we're always thinking of the, the water heater and uh, we may have to have someone come out and check our gutters in the spring. Because uh, we think maybe some of them aren't angled the way they should be necessarily. So because we end up getting some water damage in some of the ceilings, uh, of mm. course, after mm -hmm. moving in. Never happened when we were looking at the house or in the process of closing. But, you know, a week after we moved in, that's when stuff started happening. Oh, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So so you, you brought it up like the uh, – <laughs> I mean, I, I could talk about house stuff all night, but I'm sure that's not what <laughs> the point of the podcast. Well, we're we're making a move again. Right, like we got right. tired of talking to creators and makers. Now we're doing home improvement. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like <laughs> it. Let's see what else can I talk about when it comes to home improvement. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Uh, I learned the hard way how not to caulk uh, cracks in your ceiling. I did that wrong. End up screwing up one of our ceilings, and my dad spent several days fixing. And uh, I still have to change a bunch of outlets because it's, uh, like I said, it's a 70-year-old-plus house, so they're all two-prong outlets, and we got to <laughs> yep, yep. swap those over. Add some grounds. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. But more Been importantly, there. the cats are adjusting well, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That can be kind of a... Uh, uh, a touchy time sometimes for the uh for the pets of the family. Yeah. Well, the the upside is now uh, they can be because we were on a second floor apartment previously and so they spent 3 4 years of their lives living in a second floor apartment and now they're in a house that has three floors, you know, basement and two floors and mm -hmm. they can be eye level with all the neighborhood critters that run around and <laughs> it's very enriching for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see it's uh a web comic would write itself now yeah. that you have a home mm -hmm. 
But instead, you've gone from like yucks and jokes to a cereal. Uh, what what sparked that? Um. Well, you know, I did the Gagaday stuff on Cloudtron.com for four years, roughly spring of 2012 through this past summer. So summer of 2016. And I, uh, it's not that I was running out of ideas. I just felt like I was kind of spinning my wheels a bit. Like it kind of hit me one day and I was like, well, I guess I can make a joke about Pokemon go. And, um, and I did, but I was trying to think like, is there something else I could do instead of just doing topical stuff, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I, you know, still like doing that sort of thing, but I just kind of wanted to try something else. So being a fan of long form web comics and also long form print comics, stuff like, you know, bone, for example, or, um, uh, let's see strangers in paradise and other things like that. They're just these long drawn out stories. I don't mean drawn out in a long, in a bad way, but you know, there's a lot more to it than just three panels and a joke. But, uh, I decided to give it a shot because why not? And I started doing, um, Foxes and Boxes in September. I actually took August off from making comics and just uh, mainly see if I still wanted to make comics because uh, to be perfectly honest, I could have went either way over the summer. I was mm. getting the itch to like just hang it up completely. And um, a lot of that was just the stress of uh, moving and looking for a house. And so just that kind of compacting with my usual stress of making comics every week. And, uh, so I took August off and I, you know, it was nice for a week or two not to worry about it, but then I started getting the itch again. And I, I always had in the back of my head an idea to do, or at least to try something more of a long form story. And, uh, so I decided to give it a go starting this past September with uh, my new story on com called Foxes and Boxes, which is, uh, uh, more fantasy stuff as, as I'm these days elevator pitching it as kind of adventure time meets regular show, I guess like it's, you know, <laughs> I'm not going for serious, uh, you know, this isn't Tolkien, although, you know, uh, there are fantasy things to it, but I'm, I'm trying to have fun with it. So do you think it's, um, less anxiety, uh, producing a serial than the unrelated daily jokes? Um, it's yes and no, because <laughs> the, the upside is, um, I can write super far ahead because, uh, uh, kind of before I would, it was kind of week to week. I would just come up with something once a week and figure it out from there with the old gag a day stuff. I mean, there were times where I would sit down and write a couple out, but, um, with the uh, foxes and boxes stuff, I'm, let's see, page 27 went up this previous, this Monday, uh, the, whatever that was, the six. And I just, before talking to you guys was scanning pages, uh, 32, 33 and 34. So, um, that's how far ahead I'm working mm -hmm. right now. Whereas with the other stuff, I was never that far ahead at all. And so that's the easy, the easy side about that is, I know where I kind of know where things are going and I can just, you know, keep cranking out scripts and laying out pages. But the, the, the downside of that is, okay, where is this going? What am I going to do? You know, uh, three pages, five pages from now, where is this going to lead to? And, uh, you know, it's kind of like writing a novel on the fly. Actually, it's, that's basically what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, to be honest, there's more prep work I should have done 
before starting this, but I, being someone who kind of likes being in the moment when it comes to some of the things and just going for it, I, you know, did minimal world building and, uh, story layout. I mean, I have some key plot points, like broad stroke stuff that I, um, that I know I want to happen or is going to happen. And, but uh, I'm kind of not tying myself down to anything specific at the moment and just kind of seeing where it takes me right now. Well, you always have the, uh, you know, trope of the alternate universe if you write yourself into a corner. Right. <laughs> well, I had some, I actually think it was my wife. She asked me, it was either her or someone, but we'll just say it was my wife because why not? Um, she asked me because uh, the main character is, Oh, don't go to sleep, computer, because I'm afraid I'll lose you guys. Hang on a second here. Because <laughs> the main character is Fox, and then uh, in the old comics, it was no filter Fox, and she asked me, because they look the same, they're the same character, are they the same character? And I'm like, well, it's kind of like a Star Trek mirror universe kind of thing, if anything. Like, <laughs> Sure. Th- they kind of are, but they kind of aren't, so the same actor but it's a new personality right so we'll just leave it at that for now (laughs) and uh um to get a little behind the scenes on it originally it was going to be fox and then his pencil buddy from the older comics hb Mm. but Mm -hmm. after doing some test drawings of it i decided i wanted to go in a different direction and not draw a pencil every week and uh, (laughs) because i just thought it would get kind of old but uh, so i gave him a talking cat friend boxes and the who's a, who's the the mage he and fox is the the fighter to stick to your you know D fantasy tropes mm-hmm. if you want um and the way fox uh, excuse me the way boxes got her name actually was i just casually asked my wife stephanie give me a name for a wizard kitty and she said boxes and so i went with it and actually that's where the name of the comic came from i wasn't even gonna call it foxes and boxes at first it, came from that because it, it was just one of those like sure that works you know that rhymes mm-hmm. yep and the and more importantly the domain was available so because <laughs> <laughs> nice. if, it, if it hadn't been available i probably would have a different <laughs> name for the comic at this point <laughs> so and uh your buddy from uh lost highway did the logo yes. right yeah steve jenks um designed the logo for me. Uh, it was a uh, money well spent. He did a great job. Uh, it took, you know, some time to go back and forth, you know, cause I'm not always great about, uh, being able to put into words what's in my head, but Steve's a pro and he, uh, cat or not gradually chipped away at what I had in my head to figure out, um, what I to come up with an idea that worked. And mm-hmm. then, uh, we went from there. Yeah, that's cool. Have you ever like, um, invested in like um some professional help from like a business coach or anything when you're working on this project no that's i i will be honest i have seriously considered that once or twice and because i know people in town who do those sort of things but it's just a matter of having the money to do that sort of stuff and um sure you know the, the logo was an investment and investment I would definitely, you know, do again, no hesitation that was worth the money. And cause, uh, um, cause D- Steve did the Claritron logo for me too. And, uh, he did that one to me. We kind of traded something for that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we did, we did a trade. So this time I wanted to like hire him and pay him and stuff. And, uh, um, and that was, you know, worth every penny. And, um, I wanted to, with these, 
to once I got in the groove of, okay, I like doing this. Cause the first like 10, I was like treating it as a test run, like a pilot kind of season sort of thing. Like, let's see, can I actually handle doing this once a week? Can I get a story going? Do I like these characters? And then once I hit that point, I decided, okay, I need to start slowly and surely making this look as good as I can. So the logo was the first thing I did. And, um, more recently, like I ordered some new business cards, like color business cards from Moo cards. So those look fancy. And then I also switched to, um, using digital fonts from blambot.com, which are free. If you're like Mm -hmm. an indie comic guy, like I am prior to that, I was just using the basic text tool and clip studio paint and tracing it, which I like the look of. But one day I realized my traced uh, lettering looked a little too close for Comic Sans for my taste. So because I, uh, <laughs> I was kind of comparing them one day, I'm like, that's a little too close. So I went to Blambot and downloaded some fonts just as to play around with. And I immediately liked how they looked. And because the, the basic fonts in Clip Studio Paint are not the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it sped up my process. It's helped I, I do believe it's helping my writing get better for the comic too, because this is a more dialogue heavy comic. It's not just, you know, a couple panels with a joke. This is like, there's exposition, there's conversations. Yeah. There's a there's, lot fewer like visual gags in right, the series. Right. And, and I'm trying to bring some of those back to a lot of it is I'm still kind of figuring out what works and what doesn't for this. Cause it is different. And, uh, um, but anyway, yeah. So the digital fonts help with, writing because I can rewrite on the fly easier and change things around and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I was reading about that. Cause, and I was like, Oh man, it's like such a, it's like such a, like no brainer as far as like a time saver. But yeah, like you, I just, right. I really love the handwritten stuff too. Like, yeah. It, but, part of me cried inside when I made that switch, but Another thing I was, I was, cause I follow a lot of comic creators online and whatnot. And someone said once, I don't remember who it was and it's, it's not a big deal, but they said one of the things they said, like they will immediately not take a comic seriously if the lettering doesn't look good. And they said, if you're doing digital stuff, there's no reason your lettering shouldn't look good. Now that doesn't mean it can't be hand done, but, uh, my handwriting isn't always the, um, smoothest. And so I, that was one of the things that kind of pushed me in that direction of, uh, you know, well, why don't I, let's try a digital font for a bit and see how it goes. And so far I've, I've liked it a lot and I got a bunch of fun ones that I can use for special effects purposes. And I'm trying to not overdo it with that, you know, use them for, you know, key exclamations or whatever, that sort of thing. And are you still doing some hand lettering, like fireball and things like that? Or yeah, yeah, I'll still do some special effect things here and there um, when when the mood strikes me because uh, you can't always get that action or um, look with a, a pre made font that wasn't meant for whatever it is you're doing. You know, right, right. It fits your style and right. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of. Uh, a lot of your social media seems to be uh, lately, well, not lately, but in the last year has been dominated by uh, pens. So has your process changed? I feel like the last time we did a lot of talking, you were doing a lot of drawing on the surface. Yeah, I still, so my process currently, and I always say currently because probably 
next time we talk, this will change again. Cause I know last time we talked, it was totally different. So my, <laughs> my current process is I take a piece of eight and a half by 11 graph paper and I, um, lay out the panels on that using like a red or a similar colored, um, gel pen or whatever. And so I lay it all in that. And then I will write out the letter, the, the text by hand on that with the same color pen and that's just mainly for a reference to figure out where to place things and that sort of stuff, even though I type it later. And then uh, up until this week, I would sketch it out um, with a pen too, like just do a quick sketch of everything in the panel, more or less everything to uh, figure out the, the layout and uh, what the characters are doing, that sort of thing. This week, for the three I did this week, I actually sketched everything out with a pencil that I actually got on Monday from Art Snacks. It's a monthly. I'm not. This is not. A, they didn't pay me to say this. Uh, I got this as a Christmas <laughs> gift from Stephanie. Um, it's kind of like loot crate for art supplies. So uh, every month I get a bunch of uh, pens and her pencils and paint that kind of stuff. And uh, so this month I got a big. Like it's, it's like a huge triangular shaped, uh, 2B or something pencil. And so I decided just to sketch out with that. Cause I found sketching with the, the pens I was using for drawing the panels wasn't as comfortable because it, it was a fine point, sharp point pen. So I'm a very fast sketcher. Mm. So I like something that can fly across the page quickly and smoothly and, and the pens weren't really cutting it. Um, which, so previously before that I used a, a mechanical pencil with a two H lead. So I, I would pencil out the p- comic, then go over it with pen on the same page, scan it, and then trace over it more or less in clip studio paint, um, and then ink it. So I was really drawing the same thing like three times. So I decided to cut out the middleman and just do the rough sketch on the paper, straight to pen or, in, or now straight to pencil, not worry about inking it at all on the page. Cause I, I found that I was almost always redrawing everything anyway, once I got into the clip studio paint. Mm-hmm. So if I just treat the page as a, uh, you know, a placeholder or let's just figure stuff out, then I do the real work in clip studio paint that's helped speed things up. Yeah, that does sound uh, cool. Like, so you do it on a graph paper and you scan it? Like, Yep. Yep. Scan it at uh, 300 DPI, drop it into a 11 by 17 document in Clip Studio Paint, and I drag it out. I resize it to fit roughly the, you know, the size of it. So so I blow up the scan, which doesn't matter because I'm, I'm redrawing everything sure. anyway. Yep. And uh go from there. So, so I work a little bigger than what I originally started with, which is fine. Okay. That makes sense to me now. Cause I was like, well, are you scanning like the graph paper? Then you're getting all the grid in there. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I'm scanning. Yeah. The grids in there, but that's okay too, because when I'm doing, uh, the, especially the digital lettering, I have all the grids and it helps me line up the text and, um, line up the, uh, sorry, there's someone in the chat. I'll answer them real quick. <laughs> there you go. HTTP backslash backslash. Uh, I'll send them to this one. Boxes and boxes. Boxes and boxes. Dot com. 
Okay. Yeah. That was some great audio right there. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So, it's a yeah, live so, show, folks. MontrealSauce.com yeah, slash live. It's like, uh, yeah, it's live. What was I talking <laughs> about? Graph paper? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I line everything up using the, the grid that's on the paper I scan. Sometimes the grid that uh, Clip Studio Paint Pro also has. But uh, let me tell you, uh, viewing a grid on top of a grid, they're, they're, they're slightly off a little bit, can be a little stressful on your eyes. So I uh, don't always do that. Just really, <laughs> I just go, I just kind of use the graph paper as my uh, main reference. Mm-hmm. So is that the same um, application that you're using before and it just has a different name now? Yeah. So it used okay. to be Manga Studio. But if you bought the down, digital download version, it was called Clip Studio Paint. So then about, I don't know, let's just say a year ago, they decided let's get rid of the confusion and just call everything Clip Studio Paint. I, I think also because some people probably, to them, manga was a negative connotation. I mean, not, not for me, but there might be some right. people like, oh, I don't want to draw manga. I don't, I don't need sure. that. You know? yeah. So I could, I could understand that side of it but i mean it's it's a versatile program it's i mean i like it a lot i would definitely like to try it on a wacom tablet um after using on the surface to see kind of um what the difference is because as as i think i as i mentioned on your last time i was on the show i had no previous experience with a drawing tablet so i just went into it you know as a newbie so i didn't i didn't know what how anything else could be. And, uh, after using this one for almost three years, I would kind of like to see how a different one might work. But I mean, I've been happy with my surface pro three overall. Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, what, what version you had and it's a couple years old now, right? Yeah. I think I got it summer of 2014. So it'll be almost three years. I'm going to say three years is coming August. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's, uh, it's good. Like on one hand, it frustrates me a little bit because uh, um, the nice thing about Windows is that, you know, you can sort of make your own thing. And now that they're making hardware, it's like, wait a second, like now you're getting into that Apple category where like right. you're kind of boxed in. But um, but so far, like all their hardware is like spot on. I mean. If you'd have bought, you know, like a Toshiba laptop three years ago, you'd probably be thinking about upgrading right now. Right. And, you know, I mean, if someone offered me a Wacom, whatever it is <laughs> right now, I would definitely take it. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to ride this Surface 3, you know, until it explodes pretty much, which being a tablet, I, I'm probably going to be lucky to get another couple of years out of it. So, you know, we'll see because, I mean, this was, you know, that was the first kind of serious uh, uh tablet thing they had sure use your words dan uh <laughs> but yeah i like it but i'm uh kind of mentally preparing myself that i'm gonna have to make an upgrade with, probably within the next couple of years because that's just how it goes with that stuff yeah i've been i've been eyeing them just because i'm kind of curious and they've gotten such like rave reviews so i've been like hmm and then somebody actually on the uh mastodon um social network they said you know you got to check out the like refurbished ones because they have much better pricing yeah. and i was like oh i never thought of that wow yeah, that's that's a good idea <laughs> yeah so 
poked my head into like Amazon refurbished and I was like, Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, what I like about it is, um, it's a full laptop. Like I can do, it's not like an iPad and this is nothing against iPad. Cause I, I have friends who have the, the newer iPads you can actually draw on and everything. But, um, I, I like that it's a full computer too. So I can do all my writing. I can do, you know, other such things, internet browsing, whatever, which I mean, I know you could do that on an iPad, but uh, I, I like that it's a, it's a full computer as well. Right. Yeah. Like as much as we are in the cloud, there's still some things that are just sort of like application specific. Right. So it's like, you can just go from one system to the other and be done with it. So right. yeah, I can understand that. I, I, yeah, I'm struggling cause like I'm doing so much more writing now that like, my six-year-old uh, laptop MacBook is um, threatening to die all the time. And so it's like I really could probably get by with like a Chromebook because I'm just writing. But I'm just like so used to being able to like, oh, I need an image for this. Let me just open Photoshop or Illustrator and pop something together. Like, Right. Yeah, and my, my spouse is like, you know, maybe you'll just do that on the desktop. And I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, so I'm talking to you guys on my uh, MacBook Pro circa, when did I get it, 2013? Yeah, because I, if I recall correctly, I, I bought my wife's engagement ring, and then a week later, my old iBook died. So <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. So yeah, now I have awesome. to get a new computer too. So No. Oh. Yeah. Um, and speaking of computers, I, uh, I really enjoyed your file management post. It's, uh, yeah. Oh it's, God, that, I almost didn't write that cause I'm like, who's going to read this? But I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, whatever. So, I mean, it's really time consuming. Like we, we, uh, we don't have like a, a content schedule or anything for right. Montreal sauce. And so, but it's just like the amount of time that I have to spend just to like put together like a week of tweets or throw some images on there. Cause mm -hmm. that's important. Next thing you know, I just look in like the desktop or the folder ride through things and it's just full of stuff. Right. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's once I actually sat down and, um, actively decided that I have to manage this stuff better and keep things organized better. And this happened mainly, uh, I think after the first of this year, because I try to like that way, everything that happened previously, I can dump in a folder because I don't have to worry about it because it's from a year ago and, um, it, it helps. And, um, I've started, you know, before where I wouldn't necessarily worry about what I name like blog images or whatever, I've started numbering them or labeling them with, you know, the year, month, day and then whatever the name is is so mm -hmm. i can see oh yeah this is where that is or this is what this goes to so everything kind of correlates and it, it definitely helps i mean as you read in that post for a comic alone like i have i can't remember what it was like several like a half dozen at least documents per comic every week and yeah right post. like you have one for like instagram and you right. have one that's sized for what taptastic that app yeah yeah just yeah because yeah, and I have like the the two teaser images for one for Facebook, one for Twitter that my SEO plugin uses that you know and almost works about half the time on Facebook that I have to <laughs> go in and manually change stuff to try to get to grab the thing and work right. Ugh. But whatever. It's worth yeah. it. 
I'm glad I'm not the only one because I know you like to use um, Hootsuite. Are you still using that? Yeah, yeah, yeah I use Hootsuite, and um, uh, that reminds me some uh, some advice that was given to me recently at the MSU Comics Forum uh, by one of my uh, comic co-conspirators. He uh, from a friend of his who makes a living blogging. Um, I didn't get the guy's name, the blogger, but uh, he told um, my friend. Uh, he said, "What the trick is? What you got? You have to the ratio of the time you spend on working on whatever your blog post, comic, whatever, to how much you promote it, be it social media or whatever. The closer that gets to one to one, the better off you are. Like the more successful you'll be. Mm. And uh, but if you if that ratio is way off on either side, it won't work. So I've been trying to more actively promote things on." Uh, social media lately more so than I had been. Yeah, that's probably good advice. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like we're we're always opposite. Like <laughs> we'll release like five shows at once, and I won't like put anything on social media about it. Right. And then <laughs> right. yeah, I'll, I'll spend I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, spend I'll, five hours working on a comic, and I'll put out a tweet, you know, a couple tweets and a Facebook update on Monday. It comes out, and then that's it for the rest of the week. Which really, um not really doing myself any favors. Yeah. Right. People are all online at different times. So you could be hitting right. them at, you know, different times of the day and things like that. And as you know, with Facebook, Facebook, especially with the algorithm BS, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. You never know if and when anyone's going to see anything anyway. So. Algorithmic. Yeah. Algorithmic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I put that word in front of my face. Uh, <laughs> and then I read on your blog that you actually had a little bit of a social media diet recently. February. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I don't want to get too into it, uh, politically or whatever, but you know, things are kind of weird right now in the U S of a, and I just, uh, I couldn't handle reading about stuff on my Facebook feed and Twitter, like not, like that I didn't believe it or whatever. It was just like, I just, it was too much. It was too much at once. And I just, I, I took a break. Um, February, I decided I'm not going to, first it was going to be, I'm just going to avoid Facebook and Twitter, but that doesn't really work because there's some people, the only way I can get hold of them is through Facebook messenger or whatever. So it became more of, I'm just not going to read my feeds for Facebook and Twitter and uh so for 28 days i did that and i think that was for the better um cuz i cuz there's so much stuff going on right now and some of it is more uh i don't know what the, how I'm gonna, how to phrase this but some of it's uh more important than others or or just too too much to and when you see the same heartbreaking thing posted 10 times by 10 different people in a row yeah. just kind of gets you. Yep. I guess that's the point I'm getting at. So it's not that I'm not reading news. Like I, so during that time and now still, instead of reading my Facebook feed every morning, I would go read various news websites every morning. So I would get stuff from the source, not from second, third hand people mm-hmm. adding their two cents and then having to see what people, you know, the comments and stuff and the feed and all that kind of crap too. So it was for the best, I think. And then I'm still kind of trying to stick to that where I just don't instinctively go look at my feed. 
Um, I kind of cheated because I still looked at Instagram, but um, there's not a lot of political stuff in my Instagram feed. So it's mostly cat photos and drawings. So, you know, a little easier to handle. Wow. That was like word for word what my spouse did in February as well. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've got a bit of a – I mean everywhere has a problem right now when right, it comes right. to uh, journalism. But uh, right, right. we've had tons of layoffs and cuts and all kinds of crazy stuff happen here. Actually, we talked about it in one of our previous episodes. But uh, So, yeah, she – she kind of did all the same things you did and then decided to like subscribe to the local newspaper and read that in the mornings instead of do Facebook. So, yeah, I'm, I'm at that point and, uh, where I kind of want to do the same. I don't necessarily want to get, it's not that I don't want to read the, the, the local newspaper every morning. It's more, I just don't want to have newspapers piled up. I mean, we do have a great recycling program here so I can easily dispose of them the right way, but it's, uh, I made do like a once a week thing or something for that. And, uh, uh I've toyed with, uh, doing the online version of the New York times or something mm-hmm. too. But yeah, uh, we have a, I think that's what she did is the online subscription to the local paper. So we don't actually get anything delivered. So right. yeah, that's, uh, I can completely understand that. Um, yeah. So speaking of, uh, speaking of all that, uh, social media stuff, um, you did have like your pay it forward Patreon campaign. How's that going? Uh, so far so good. Um, uh, I so to s- bring people up to speed. Sure, uh, I'm on Patreon.com/slash Daniel J Hogan. Uh, people can become a patron. For those who don't know how Patreon works, it's kind of like Kickstarter, where you can support me um, for a different dollar amount every month. So my different levels are one dollar, three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, and twenty bucks. So uh, and you would get charged that amount every month. And uh, each level has different rewards. So kind of like stretch rewards at Kickstarter. And uh, they uh, all kind of add to each other. So if you pledge $3, you get the $1 rewards too. If you pledge 5 bucks, you get the $1 and $3 rewards. Well, and so on for the most part. Um, So what I decided to start doing um, for the next, you know, whatever, a few months is uh, for every three patrons I get, I will back another artist on Patreon as well. Because that way I figured at the very least, if three people pledge a dollar, so that way I can at least, I can give a dollar to another artist and I'm still getting $2 from from that. I kind of did the math mm-hmm. on it, you know, because if, if I did it differently, I, I, I might not actually be uh, – supporting myself at all. I'm not that, you know, I love supporting other artists, but <laughs> right. at the same time, I also have my own bills to pay. So I figured if I did for every three, you know, out of every $3, I could give a dollar and I'm still getting, you know, $2 out of it. That works. So, um, thanks to a couple of patrons this, uh, past week who joined, I was able to back another artist, uh, my buddy, uh, Jason Strutz, who, um, used to live in Lansing and now he's in Grand Rapids. And, uh, so I, I threw a dollar a month his way as a, as a way to pay it forward. And I just need two more patrons and I can back a second artist. I haven't decided who it'll be yet, but I know it'll, it'll be a woman. I, I kind of want to try and alternate between male and female artists at the very least, you know, oh, yeah, spread, that's... spread it around. 
That's a good idea. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Cause not that I, you know, wouldn't support a, uh, a woman otherwise. It's just, I just may not think about it. I'm like, Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, Cause you know, I follow a bunch of people on there already Sure, and yep. I'd probably just go down the list and be like, Oh yeah, this one, this one before I, you know, realize it. I'm probably, you know, back in a bunch of dudes without realizing what I'm doing. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I've been, I've been kind of like hitting the, well, you haven't done it in a while, but I used to hit the like Patreon community meetings and be like, Hey, like, I really wish like we could have like an account where like multiple people could be part of one account, you know, like we're all contributors to some sort of thing that we're making and trying to, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, like it would be, I know that Paul supports a number of people on Patreon, but he does it through his personal account rather than our podcast account, which is right. a good idea. Cause right. otherwise right. I would have access to Paul's credit card. <laughs> so. <laughs> So I, I've always been like, that would be nice so that like, you know, when we do support someone, we could you do it through the podcast because it doesn't hurt. But uh, but yeah, I really like uh, that idea a lot. And Yeah. And so uh, with that advice I got from my friend at the MSU Comics Forum, I've been more actively promoting my Patreon and I've added – two patrons this month and I had two in all of 2016. So, uh, things are, <laughs> uh, going better, you know? Um, obviously. Yeah. So far. So I just got to keep on top of it. Cause I mean, admittedly I wasn't doing a great job of regularly promoting it on social media. Cause it's, it's always one of those things like I, I don't mind talking about it, but I also don't want to be annoying, but I've kind of realized, sure. You sort of have to be annoying because then people actually see it, especially on Facebook. And um, at the moment, I'm hesitant to give them any more money for boosting posts based on uh, because of certain people who are on their their board who have said certain political things I don't agree with. So Mm. without getting too much into it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, I um. Yeah, I, I was doing really well for a while there, like trying to keep on top of Patreon and promote it and just basically using ours as like a blog to talk about the show. But uh, right. then the February came and I started doing the Someday in February stuff and that's where a lot of my time went. So I need to also get back on the horse. Yeah. Well, now that I've picked up two more patrons, so I'm at uh, four total right now, um, that's inspired me to be like, okay, I got to actually – do more stuff because two of them uh, are at the tiers where they actually get early access to the comics, which I was posting anyway, using hopefully as a way to um, mm-hmm. lure in other people because I could link and be like, oh, you could read the next comic early right now if you become a patron. Sure. Yeah. But now that I have two people actually do it. I'm like, OK, I have to actually stay on top of it, which is good. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't mind. And uh, um, one who became a patron this week. She was at the five dollar level, so she actually gets a uh, a uh, digital sketch from me once a black and white single character sketch from me once a month, and uh, I can't say what it is because it's a birthday present for someone. But uh, I was able to get that out to her pretty quickly, and so that was fun to be able to actually do that. That's well, cool. That is, yeah, that's really cool. Right. Yeah, we. Uh yeah, Paul had a good idea and I have yet to institute it yet on the page, but yeah, we're 
I think we're just going to go with, I think it was like a higher dollar reward before as like you can have the feed right after we record, Paul spits out just a scratch track. And so he's just like, let's give that to our patrons, anybody at any dollar amount. And so I need to get on that and having to do that every time we record a show will probably get me more active on there as well. Yeah. And so something I did for, um, all the patrons, uh, I posted a picture of the, uh, uh, warm-up drawings I did for, um, the other patrons, uh, monthly sketch, just, uh, you know, just basically a screen grab of, uh, the stuff I did in clip studio paint, just trying to warm up and figure things out. And, uh, you know, cause that's an easy, what I like about that kind of stuff for patrons on Patreon is there's a lot less stuff I ha- behind the scenes stuff I have to do for a blog post for them than I do on claretron.com as we talked about earlier like all the different images and things I have to do for a blog post on my site mm-hmm. yep. especially SEO related crap whereas Patreon they're technically paying for this content already already I don't have to worry about any other stuff to you know get traffic or whatever mm-hmm. I can just throw a thing yep. up there and here you go so yeah that's cool mm-hmm. um you're uh what's the What's behind the idea? Like, uh, I think Foxes and Boxes is pretty much, and possibly even before, you're like pretty much an all ages kind of comic, right? Yeah. Um, with Clyrotron stuff from the start, that wasn't necessarily my, I guess, overall idea um, in the early days because I was still figuring out what I wanted to do with. Um, but that it quickly. Once I introduced the, the the animal characters like No Filter Fox, I realized that's kind of direction I wanted to go in because you know people like funny cartoon animals, and you know I hate to say this, but they're more marketable and you know mm-hmm. whatever. And from a more uh, behind the scenes reason, I'm better at drawing weird looking animal characters and people so uh and enjoy drawing them more um so with foxes and boxes i from the start was like this is going to be all ages which doesn't mean it's going to be overly you know kid focused but it's also not going to be super adult um which is fine you know you can there's a lot of great all ages stuff that kind of blends those two um you know stuff that kids will like but also adults will like too and uh, it's a good challenge, too, because if I could do anything, you know, it's sometimes restrictions are a good thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it does. It does make sense. I think um, I think there's like a time and place. And yeah, I think it's like you said, it's kind of sometimes more of a challenge, too. Like Right. And like, you know, there'll be some things like, you know, the, the younger readers, how old they are you know, they might enjoy the, the goofy cartoony stuff, but they may not get the jokes about boxes worrying about paying her wizard student loans, you know, <laughs> whereas yeah. people our age definitely get that. It's a very real thing. And, um, well, I wish they were wizard student loans in my case, but anyway, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm purposely keeping it all ages. Um, and part of that's because, when you're doing fantasy, you have characters with weapons like swords and swords equal very gory graphic fight scenes. And I decided, okay, I can make this fantasy, but I do not really want to draw 
you know, blood splatters and people getting their heads cut off unless it's, you know, important to the story or funny or whatever. And I can do it in an all ages sort of way. But, um, so I kind of have to like, um, uh, figure out the best way to handle that. So I go and I read, you know, other, um, older all ages, you know, fantasy stuff or adventure stuff to see, well, how do they show violence? You know, like a good example is Sergio Aragones is, um, his fantasy comic grew the wanderer. So I read some of his stuff. Like how does he show, um, fight scenes? Cause his comics basically a send up of, you know, Conan the barbarian. That's how it started. So there's a lot of fighting and you, you'll see him like swinging a sword at people or whatever, but you, you don't necessarily see, you know, body parts flying around. You don't see, you know, blood everywhere. It's, it's more, you'll see the start of the fight and you'll see the aftermath. You don't really see what happens in the middle. So. Hmm. So Patreon, Instagram, your blog, the comic, uh, <laughs> you, you have a lot of projects going on. Like, uh, yeah. And then you attend like the cons and stuff. Like how, how do you balance that? Do you have like a, you know, Friday or Saturday is working on the comic day or. Well, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because actually the other night, um, Stephanie, my wife, uh, for Christmas, I got her a painting easel. And so she, uh, one night a week likes to focus just going in her her office and painting. And she commented on how when we first started dating, that's what I used to do for certain, like, like she reminded me on like Mondays, I would always work on X or Y thing. And Wednesdays I would work on Z or A thing, whatever. And I kind of forgot about that. And uh, that does help when you have dedicated, you know, days for that sort of stuff. Um, because at one point, uh, let's see back in, when we started dating to 2009 at one point at my peak, I was working on two podcasts at the same time and a blog and uh working on like writing as well and now i'm i'm you know quote unquote only working on the the comic strip or and uh, a blog but you know it's more work and less work compared to everything else but it, it was a good reminder that, okay once upon a time i was actually better at scheduling things and having sticking to a plan but it definitely helps yeah for sure like I find, I find this year, like we've instituted like, um, a date night. I think Paul was doing that before with his wife. Weren't you? Yeah, we were, uh, yeah. we're, we're still kind of, uh, have a bit of a rhythm. Some of that is set up by, you know, the podcast. And then mm-hmm. I have a dinner with my dad every other week on Wednesdays. And oh, then we, nice. we try to make sure to, uh, to do a date night with my wife every other Friday. So, um, some of those things like (laughs) really the critical thing is just like, get them on the calendar, make sure the calendar is shared and you start to fall into a rhythm and it, it gets easier. Yeah. It's the issue, um, with us is uh, for my day job, the middle of the week, I never know if I'm going to be stuck late randomly and, uh, you sure. know, past, yeah. past five o'clock that could happen in a moment's notice and I could be there till three in the morning and not know. Um, and then my wife works retail, so it's, we don't always get weekends off together. So it's, it's yeah. kind of, yeah, we don't have consistent, consistent schedules every week and that kind of makes it a challenge, but you know, you know, we, we do what we can and you're right about just getting, just making, if you, I found if I make plans 
and we just get on the calendar and like, we're going to do this stuff happens. If you just kind of wait for things to happen, they don't happen. Like, oh yeah, we should hang out with so-and-so. And And then six months later, like, oh yeah, we still (laughs) haven't seen their newborn kid. Who's like almost a year old now. We should make the effort. And, uh, uh, but along the lines of scheduling stuff, I I have found with my comics, I kind of try to like assembly line them. And, uh, I, I probably talked about this in the previous podcast where I'll just, I'll work on writing first and then I'll work on laying them out and then I'll work on sketching them all out and then I will scan them all. Then so on, I won't like work on one all the way through and then work on the second one all the way through. I try to do them in batches. Right. Well, yeah. like you say, with the, with the serial format, you're, you're already, you know, I don't remember if it was four or five, but you're like yeah. four or five page, pages ahead, mm-hmm. which in a sense can give you a little bit of a buffer if you need to make some things happen in your personal life. And you've yeah, got a yeah. little and, bit of a buffer that was, there. That was by design. Um, I actually do kind of regret, I should have taken um, all of September off too. Like I should have had like two months of just building up a backlog of comics. But again, back then I, I also didn't know if I was going to want to really do it after 10 or so pages. Like it was still kind of tenuous, but, um, but yeah, I, I at least have like a four or five week buffer. So if I have to, you know, if I have a, a crazy week or two, um, I'll still be okay. And because I work on them three at a time, it's easy for me to kind of get that back. And previously, uh, you were doing two comics a week, weren't you? No. Uh, well, you mean working on or publishing? I thought of publishing. No, it was no. just once. No, I was just once. I've only been ever been once a week. Mm, okay. Huh. I paid attention poorly. Apparently, that's all right. Now I may have done extra ones here or there randomly, but I th- usually it was once, just every Monday. Right. It might have been the color ones when you started like throwing yeah. those in every now and then. Yeah, like, maybe that was it. Um. Yeah, you spoke of your uh, your day job. Um, yeah, what are what are things like in the capital of Michigan these days with like a new president? Is it like the same shit, different day? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't want to get too much into it, but because sure. uh, uh, I can't really talk about that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, of it's, course, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I wasn't sure like that you'd be able to say anything, but yeah, I was like, hmm. That's uh, I would a like level. to, but I like having a job, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. I enjoyed the tour of the Capitol when. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did. Did I show you guys around? Or did you do that on your own? You, I think you. Uh, maybe I thought we did meet you on a sidewalk somewhere, but maybe you just told us where to go, and then we just sort of like parked and walked around. Okay, maybe that's it. Yeah, I seem to remember that. We went for lunch, I know that much. Yeah, I think we ended up on that little strip and we went to like that comic store that you like. Oh yeah, Summit. Yeah, and we bought some Cards Against Humanity from them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yes, yes. I always uh, support local business. I was also curious, like, if I buy, like, a box of Cards Against Humanity from here, are they going to be different than, like, an expansion set I would get in Canada? Well, there might be some extra vowels in some of the words, maybe, but, uh, like, maybe they'll spell (laughs) color differently or whatever. Yeah, I actually have, like, the Canadian expansion so that, like, people (laughs) can 
get some of the jokes. <laughs> it's mostly apologies. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, it's it's apologies, and then like they mentioned some Canadian celebrities, which I'm just like <laughs> Alex Trebek, Mike mm. Myers, like yeah, Bret Hart, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just like who 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 could this possibly be? Getty Lee, etc. <laughs> Well, you know what that bird poop sound means. It means that's the end of part one uh, with Daniel J. Hogan. I'm going to toss it back to him really quickly uh, because a little bit later in the two-part episode, he talks about uh, his upcoming uh, event calendar. And I wanted to make sure to uh, let you know about a couple of conventions that he's going to be at so you can check him out. Uh, Let's hear that a second real quick. Okay. Um, then that's perfect, actually. Uh, so in April, I have two events. Uh, the weekend of the 22nd, I believe it is, I will be at the Clinton Macomb Comic Con at the Clinton Macomb Public Library, I believe it is. Um, I'm still getting details on that. It's their first time they're doing a comic show at this local library there. And uh, uh, I was invited to have a table, so I'm going to go and be there that Saturday. Then the next weekend, which I believe is the weekend of the 29th, April 29th, I will be here in Lansing at Fantasticon at uh, uh, whatever hotel it is at. I can't remember. But if you just Google Fantasticon Lansing, I'm sure it'll pop up. So that's Dan's uh, upcoming convention schedule. Um you can also check him out online, of course, at uh, foxesandboxes.com, danieljhogan.com. Uh, the, all the links to that stuff are in the show notes. Uh, so check those out at montrealsauce.com. Uh, and also you can find me. I'm Paul D. on Twitter. Or, or you can uh, stalk sick days uh, at S-I-K-K-D-A-Y-S to get some info on Chris. Uh, or go to savethis.space, which is an awesome domain name. Uh, to see what he's writing about and thinking about. Uh, And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week with more from uh, Daniel J. Hogan. Bye.